Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is animator and director Anna Ginsberg. So I'm Anna Ginsberg. Um, I'm primarily an animation director, uh, but I've also done quite a bit of live action and quite a bit of mixing live action and animation. Um, I've done music videos, commercials um, and short films. Yeah, and also uh, tour visuals as well. Anna graduated with a degree in animation from Edinburgh College of Art in 2012 and has since grown an expansive and varied body of work that includes a range of techniques, from live action and hand-drawn 2D films to intricate stop-motion work. My process uh, of this really like labour-intensive animation style is uh, falls somewhere between like when it's going really well uh, it's so satisfying and meditative and you're like in a zone and you're repeating yourself but it feels really fluid um, and then when it's going badly it feels really sadistic it's almost like writing lines so there's there's like a love affair with it that changes daily for me depending on how I feel like it's going Fresh out of university her first music video for Bombay Bicycle Club won a BAFTA at the New Talent Awards, becoming a springboard for her ongoing work with music acts, which also includes creating tour visuals. I did a lot of music videos for Bombay Bicycle Club when I was straight out of uni, which was incredible because uh, I knew the the band. Um, And they took a massive chance on me. Did really well. And then the label had more faith in me and started giving me bigger budgets and more of a, yeah, more of a, kind of wide-ranging influence in terms of design. So I got to design a world tour as well in terms of uh, the projections, which was super fun. In 2016, her animated documentary Private Parts, commissioned by It's Nice That and Channel 4, was met with critical acclaim and screened at film festivals across the world. While Anna primarily creates short films and collaborations for music, she has also worked with brands such as Selfridges, Reebok and Arm & Hammer. Broaching themes that range from discussing sexuality to young people's views on politics, Anna takes a fun, relatable approach to matters that mean a lot to her, often featuring comic and absurdist scenes. Anna spoke to us about the importance of self-belief as a young woman in the industry and how she first got a foot in the door. So my mum's a uh, child protection lawyer and she's a single parent and um, she's always made me feel like anything is possible. Uh, but there was a moment where I wanted to art foundation and she wanted me to have, you know, a real serious career to fall back on. And I wanted to be, a, you know, a creative person in some way. So I applied and got in to do architecture everywhere. So like when I was at foundation, I was doing loads of kind of modeling and like, uh, uh, like, yeah, just architectural space, spatial design stuff. And that is what I was going to do. And I'm not a rebel and I'm not like someone who takes risks, never have been. Um, But there was this tutor who I still can't find. I've been trying to find him. If you're out there, he's called Yoji. And he said to me, Anna, you've got in to do architecture where you've applied. Like, why are you sitting here doing spatial design? You're going to do that for the rest of your life. For your final major project, yeah, do something that you've never done before. It doesn't matter if you fail. 
Like, you've got these offers. And, like, for me, someone in authority, someone, you know, a a teacher telling me that it's okay to fail and you should express yourself, it's your last swan song to everything else, was such a mad moment. And because of him, that tiny bit of advice meant that for my last six weeks at Campwell, I sacked off doing anything to do with spatial design and made my first ever animated film because I'd never made any... any, So I was like, that's the thing that I know nothing about. And it was like the only in my life, like, eureka moment of being like, this is it. Because it was like, for me, I'd always loved drawing, painting, all of that stuff. But I'd never wanted to be a fine artist because I never wanted it to be elitist or inaccessible in any way. I always really loved pop culture. I always really loved, like, music videos. I really wanted anyone to understand anything I made. Anyone. You know, nothing elitist about it. And there was something about my making this film when I... As soon as I had sound and moving image, so time to tell a story, it just all fell into place. And I just had this DVD with my film on that I'd made at Campwell, and I just said... Hasta la vista to architecture. And I sent this DVD um, off to all these unis that I didn't know anything about animation. And Edinburgh took me on the strength of just this one film. And yeah, yo G, <laughs> I need to find you. <laughs> Edinburgh Animation College at the College of Arts, my BA was when I was there. A really spectacular course. Seeing as I'd done no research as to what animation courses were good or whatever, I've really fell on my feet. It was wonderful because the emphasis was still on traditional techniques. Uh, they hadn't moved towards like game design, which which is wonderful, but it's not something I'm interested in. And a lot of animation courses in this country are very influenced by employability and having these real technical skills. So I did loads of animation on paper. There was a stop-motion space, which I think still exists, which was amazing, where you could have a dark booth and all these lights and make puppets. And, like, you know, that's where I spent six six months in the dark for How Can You Swallow So Much Sleep, which was the Bombay video that I did there. If I'd made that video in London, it probably would have cost, like, 75K, because to rent a space with that amount of equipment for that long would have been, like, insane, because it was quite a big, dark space. So that was really wonderful. The main thing that I think still influences me from that course was my year and the year above and the year below were just so strong. Um, and I think with university education, it's really about your peers. That's as much as I loved my tutors, there was a mad energy. I just felt like the context of us being there was so fantastic. Um, my two best mates from Edinburgh have won real BAFTAs and they really spurred me on. I think it's that thing of really, really being brought up and feeling competitive in a healthy way with your peers at uni. It's just so great. My first years out of university were super hard, as I think is the feeling with everyone. So I lived with my mum for two years. I was interning um, at, at, at various production companies. I made this, like, such expensive, elaborate parcel to send to all of my, like, favourite production companies with, like, all these film stills. I screen-printed on my DVD. I got, like, this these, like, plastic sleeves and screen-printed my logo on it. 
all of this um, and, like, didn't get any, like, calls or emails. But I was so fuming because I'd spent, like, seven ninety nine on each of these parcels, yeah? But I just started calling production company to be like, so did you get it then? Right, are you going to say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I did that and eventually one of those parcels got into the hands of someone at Blink and I ended up doing models for some of the stop motion stuff they were doing and then I ended up doing models on the John Lewis Christmas advert which was Bear in the Hair um, which I was well paid for Um, so I do think yeah I do think you have to do your time even if you're not from London try and make a mate and then just take the piss and sleep on the floor Um, and I do think One thing is, because I think I've always had such a ballsy mother uh, who's, you know, a single parent, uh, who's a lesbian, who's a really militant feminist, who's a lawyer, I've been lucky enough to have that kind of slightly bulldog attitude. So I will, as much as it's horrible and it feels like a massive rejection when people aren't getting back to you and you've put loads of love into even just one email, let alone, like, 80 emails... You just got to keep at it and you just really do I'd say call people you know and if you do know someone this is really crap but it still does work like this nepotism is a thing like if you if you have even a friend of a friend whose mum works in an industry people are going to pay more attention to someone who's in already uh, so that is sadly how it still works but I would also advise keep your emails short succinct uh, really make it personal. So there was a moment where I stopped contacting production companies and started contacting directors specifically saying, this film changed my life or this film was beautiful and inspired me to make this. Um, Like, this is my show reel, I can help you with anything. Really simple and that started working. So directors were more kind of like, oh, this is quite personal, this is just a person who could model mate for me. Yeah, and I started to meet, as you start to meet people, you start to see, oh, actually, things are possible. Especially as a woman, you you know, you don't really have that many role models. Um, But I worked for the Moth Collective for a little bit, who are wonderful and are, for me, especially after working after production companies that can sometimes be a little bit exploitative and have this, like, rolling thing of interns with Moff it was this such a small company and so ethically run and like they really try and teach you so it feels more like an apprenticeship than an internship and uh, I've got a lot to thank them for especially Margot from Moff because she's a wonderful woman in the industry and yeah just showing that you don't have to be you don't have to be cruel to be a successful person was really great you know so my production company is called Strange Beast They've been fantastic. I've been signed with them for about a year and a half. I do think certainly specific character traits are drawn to roles like production, as are certain character traits are find the idea of directing really attractive or just being being a creative, a freelance creative. But I think hopefully, and I really do think, a lot of it is just society and it's entrenched in what we see as masculine and feminine. I I still really do believe that. Almost all the producers I've worked with have been women and almost all the directors I've worked with have been men. Uh, And that's really, really, really not an exaggeration. So, So Strange Beast, the reason why I love this company as well is it's the only production company in London that's got 50% female directors. 
uh, and it really, for me, changes the whole energy of the office. Like, I've employed a lot of men, a lot of my my favourite people I work with are men um, on, on my on my films, and they will even say, oh, it's such a relief to be in a context that isn't like a boys' club and isn't, like, got this mad macho energy flying around. It's... Like, you know, three of the people I've employed have been like, this is the nicest place I've ever worked. So for me as a, as a, as a female director, especially on, on shoots, like on live action shoots, you know, when the call sheet's read out and people are like, they'll be like, this is Anna, the director. Um, and like, you know, the, the crew, there's like a moment of like, what, what, like reeling because I'm a young, woman uh, and and that is annoying because that means that often you are on the back foot so you you're not yourself you know you you want to be more macho or you want to speak louder or lower and make sure you're not screechy or or, or you know you, you you start behaving in ways that you you lose energy because you're trying to be something that you're not and actually there's a there should be a place for all of these traits in all of these different uh, disciplines, so whether it be production or directing or whatever, you know. Um, but I do feel like that's changing a little bit, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So generally advice about being a director and an animator. Pace yourself, be kind to yourself, look after yourself, because it is quite hard and it's a lot of work and it can make you go bonkers. Don't look at too much other people's work. It's great to have references and great artists really steal. Like my film that I'm making now is filled with references. But I think you can get lost in scrolling on Instagram and get overwhelmed and therefore paralysed. So I think sometimes the only way you can work out what you like to make is by turning everything on aeroplane mode and just starting work. Allow yourself space and quiet to start making. One main thing as well for young women, I, I, I lecture and I teach at unis now. And it's mad because at universities there's that I've taught at, there's around 75% women in on the animation courses and 25% men. And yet in the industry, normally, especially as for an animation director, there's about two female directors, 10 male directors in a company. Um, I think for those young women, it is totally possible. Uh, you just need to really think that you deserve it because it because I thought I deserved it. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Anna Ginsberg. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include us two, GF Smith, Squarespace and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com. <laughs>